I never dreamed how much I would actually enjoy podcasting. When it was first suggested to me, I'll be honest, I was a bit intimidated by the thought. But when I found Anchor, I quickly realized how easy this was going to be. Anchor provides me with the tools to record and edit right within their program. I don't need additional software. I didn't even need to know how to distribute the podcast because they do it all for me. I would not be where I am today as a podcaster without Anchor. It's all you need and completely free. If you are looking to get started, download the Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. Relationships with covert narcissists often last for years and even decades. Why? Why did I stay for over two decades with this verbally, emotionally, and psychologically abusive man? Why did I not see it sooner? Is there something wrong with me that I did not see it? These are questions that are asked by so many people that I work with. I'm Renee Swanson, your host of the Covert Narcissism Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I do want to take a minute and say I'm starting to hear more and more from some of you of topics that you want discussed in this podcast, and I am so open to that. Please continue to let me know. I am really hoping by the fall to be able to do two podcasts every week so that we can really explore all of these topics. But you are welcome to reach out to me. My email address is Renee, R-E-N-E-E, at covertnarcissism.com. Or if you want to keep the word narcissism out of your inbox in today's world, you can email me at Renee, R-E-N-E-E, at cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are C-N-G, like Covert Narcissism Group. Now let's get back to the topic. Why did I not see it sooner? Why didn't I leave sooner? Because covert narcissists are experts at giving you just enough to keep you hooked. For example, they'll give you just enough good to convince you to stay in the relationship, but just enough bad to make you want to leave over and over. You know, you can go through so many bad phases with them, but, um, and, and maybe even you're ready to leave. You're ready to run, ready to get out of this, ready to break it off. But they seem to sense that and they know how to manipulate that. And when they have pushed you right to that edge, you are ready to bolt. They pull you back. If you have not heard my episode on brinkmanship, please go back and listen to it. It's the art of pushing someone right to the edge, only to rescue them before they fall or jump. They become your rescuer. They pull you back and say, I'm only kidding. You're good. I got you. My covert narcissistic husband loved this word, and he told me this several times, that it was his favorite word. I should have realized right then what life had in store for me, but I simply did not. So I wrote a poem. Uh, I guess you call it a poem. I'm not sure what to call it, but it's a poem to sum up what we are living when we are with a covert narcissist. And the poem is called, The Covert Narcissist is Just Enough. And here's how it goes. Just enough good to keep you in. Just enough bad to chase you away. Just enough good to make you feel loved and cherished. Just enough bad to make you feel wounded and empty. 
Just enough good to make your heart sing. Just enough bad to destroy that very heart. Just enough good to keep you invested. Just enough bad to leave you doubting. Just enough good to give you hope that you are making progress. Just enough bad to leave you feeling despairing and trapped. Just enough emotional expression to make you think they are sensitive and vulnerable. Just enough harshness and blaming to guarantee they have no compassion. Just enough innocence and baggage to appeal to your sympathy for them. Just enough guilting and blaming to destroy that very sympathy. Just enough effort to make you the bad person if you choose to leave. Just enough blame to know that the effort is a lie. Just enough good to convince you to stay in the relationship. Just enough bad to make you want to run away screaming. Just enough good to convince the world that they are amazing. Just enough bad for you to know the truth. Just enough good to confuse you. Just enough bad to confuse you. A covert narcissist is just enough. Covert narcissists are experts at being just enough. They can have one peaceful evening and seem genuinely kind and compassionate just when you had finally given up. You were done. But now what? Now now what do I do? Everything seems good. We're okay again. How can I be mad at them right now? Like now they seem okay. It's like that that good person is back. And I've said that before, you feel like the true them are back in the relationship, finally. How can I leave them now? And they seem to know really, really well how to time that. One of the reasons that all of this just enough bad and just enough good exists is that covert narcissists only see you or life or themselves as good or bad. It's like there's no in-between. But most of life is in between. You know, you have you have good people that do bad things, that maybe have a, a bad moment or a bad choice or a bad decision or whatever. You have bad people that have some good moments and do some good things, but that doesn't make them a good person. You might have a bad day, but it has, you know, some good moments in it and you decide to dwell on those. Or maybe you have a good day and it has some bad moments in it, but you don't let it ruin your day. You know, you might take a good trip, a a great vacation, but oh man, but there were those couple of really, those moments when it was really bad. But again, it doesn't destroy everything about the trip or the vacation. So most people are able to hold good and bad inside themselves at the same time. Covert narcissists are not like that. You know, when they're in a good headspace, which does not happen very often, but when they are, everything about you is amazing. You know, when when they're in that good headspace, it usually comes because you're fulfilling their narcissistic need, their narcissistic, you know, ego, you're you're building them up and and you're fulfilling their needs. And so they go into that good headspace and everything about you is just absolutely wonderful. You are the best thing that ever happened to them. Everything you've ever done or said is just 
perfect. And every memory that they have with you is wonderful. When they're in that good moment, when they are seeing good in this moment, you are the best thing that ever happened to them. You have the greatest ideas. You give them the best attention. You are their everything. You're on a pedestal. However, when they are in a bad headspace, which is most of the time, you are the enemy. You have hurt them with everything you have ever done. You have caused all of their pain, all of their suffering, all of their anger. Every memory, even though it might have been a good memory at the time, and maybe they've even talked about it as a good memory, but every memory, when they're in that bad headspace, is now turned to an ugly memory, full of all the ways that you made it a horrible event, or a horrible day, or a horrible evening, or a horrible date, whatever it is. You see, if, if they see you as bad in this moment, then everything about you is absolutely horrible. You are out to get them, and you always have been. Everything you've ever said or done is terrible. You hurt them all the time. You're against them always. You see, when you're with a covert narcissist, you're either on a pedestal or you're under it. You know, I don't, I don't like the idea of being on that pedestal, but they put you on this pedestal and they, and they make you feel amazing. I'll, I'll give you that. The, the highs when you're with a covert narcissist are so high. And you feel fantastic and amazing and wonderful like this is, this is the match made in heaven. This is perfect for me. The problem is I don't want to live life on a pedestal. It's too easy to fall off. And you will fall off. And then you'll find your way crawling to get back up on that pedestal. You're either the greatest person on the face of this earth to them or you are their worst enemy. This is part of why it is so incredibly confusing. You are trying to catch a ghost or chase the wind. It never makes sense. You know, you try to explain to them the ways they're hurting you, and you might even try therapy or counseling. And I've got some episodes coming up that are going to be specific about going through counseling with covert narcissists. And, and you might try that, and they may tell you that they're working on it. Like, I'm, I'm doing these things. I'm working on it. And they, they, you know, may say that they're trying to get better. And you may even see some signs of it for a little while, little glimpses. But it never lasts. You can always guarantee that this bad behavior will return. And when I get into those episodes on therapy, we're going to talk more about why this happens. But you see, they look at the, at the therapy or the things that you're telling them they shouldn't do, and they make a checklist, but it never connects to their heart where they just want to really work at treating you better and learning how to be empathetic or genuine. That's the piece they can't do. So it's just a checklist of, okay, don't say this, do say this, don't. And, and there's always going to be more things to add to that checklist. Add to this confusion that they don't treat you this way in public. When you're around friends and family, you usually get a very different treatment. They look amazing and perfect to the outside world. They know how to turn this on and off. They have just enough insight to know that their behavior is not okay. But they don't have enough self-regulation or empathy to actually stop it. So they're horrible at home while they're so perfect in, in public. They just, they know it's not okay to behave this way, the way that they're treating us at home in public. So they do it out of the sight of others so that others don't see it. They desperately care about how others, other people view them. So they'll keep it together for them, but they won't keep it together for you. And this actually leads many victims to blame themselves. 
you know, you choose, um, when they choose not to keep it together for you, it's very frustrating. And when you try to talk to your friends and family about it, sometimes that backfires. They point out all the wonderful things that he or she does. They tell you how amazing they seem, how perfect, and they tell you how lucky you are. Covert narcissists know how to be just enough. And this, this vision or this image that they are giving to the world, then the world doesn't support you, the victim of the abuse, the target of the abuse. And I don't blame it on the world. It's not their fault that they don't see it. But that's part of my mission is to keep spreading the word about covert narcissism so people can understand more and learn more. Because the more we can take power out of the hands of those enablers who, who and take power, the more we can take the power out of the covert narcissist hands. But we do that by educating the world so that people see it for what it is and can start calling it out for what it is. When you add all of this confusion, this, this just good enough, to your intense desire that they actually be a good and decent person. You, you want that. I wanted it so bad. And when you take their tiny amounts of being just good enough and add that to this strong desire in you, you really can convince yourself of anything. I was convinced that he was a good fit for me, that he was, I mean, he was the, the perfect match, the perfect you know, match made in heaven. You can convince yourself that you're seeing things wrong and that you should actually be grateful. I should be grateful for all the things that he does do. And, and so you convince yourself that you're making too big of a deal out of little things. And that you know, it really isn't that bad. Other people have it worse and you convince yourself of this. You might even convince yourself that this is just how relationships go. Every relationship takes work and, and people will tell you that. They're very quick to tell you that. And, and so you're like, well, you know, they're not wrong. And so you convince yourself that, you know, this is just how relationships are and they take effort and they take work. And this is just my torch to bear right now. You might even convince yourself that you are the problem. And that happens, unfortunately, way too often. Please remember that they are giving you just enough. Take a step back from that relationship. Look at it with open eyes. We have talked before about standing too close to a stained glass window. When you're in the thick of it, you can't see it. It's like you've got your nose up against the window and all you see is the color purple. You don't see the whole picture of a beautiful field full of animals or whatever it is. You have to start stepping back in order to see it. And in order to do that, there's, there's tools that, that I give you through these podcasts and in my group sessions. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But some of the tools, one of the biggest tools is change your expectations of this person. Start expecting them to treat you like the bad person that they have shown you over and over. How many times do they have to show you that they're going to treat you horribly before you start expecting it? And what happens when you start expecting that bad behavior is you quit getting stabbed in the heart over and over. You quit reacting to it. You start expecting it. You start calling it out ahead of time inside you. I wouldn't call it out to them, but you call it out inside of you. You see it ahead of time and, and you know it's coming. It's not a shock. So your body doesn't go into that fight or flight syndrome so fast. 
And instead, you're, you you see it and you're like, okay, well, here it is again. And the more you can quit reacting to it and you just accept that that's who they are, then the further back you get from that picture because your emotions are not so engaged with it. It makes gray rocking easier. It makes seeing, you know, the true picture of what's going on easier. And it makes making some choices about your own life easier. So please use the tools that I talk about through these podcasts and, and other resources See it for what it is and take care of you. If you are interested, I am getting ready right now to set up the next round of group coaching sessions. This round will begin in August. And these group coaching sessions have been so incredibly healing and life-changing. These sessions are six weeks long. They're held through Zoom. So you can do them from anywhere. I've had people from all around the world. You connect with nine other victims. I take 10 people total in my group, plus myself. And and it's me running the group um, every single week, every single session we have. In the words of one of my members who, who has done actually two rounds of the group coaching with me, she said, putting into words and seeing what I was going through with my husband is one of the biggest challenges I have ever faced. I think it would have been easier to explain to friends and family that I was abducted by aliens and spit out at Area 51 than trying to describe the manipulation and emotional abuse suffered at the direct hands of my, quote, wonderful husband. Renee's group gave us a safe place where you don't have to stumble for words to describe your story. And in fact, you see group members nodding their heads in agreement before you even finish your sentence. Being a part of this support group has been validating and kept me marching forward when I just wanted to crumble. The unique friendships, tips, strategy planning, and support I received from this group is priceless and has boosted me in a more positive direction in gaining control of my life back and mending deep wounds for a better future. I really truly hope that you could join us in these sessions. For more information about the group coaching sessions, please visit my website, covertnarcissism.com. So www.covertnarcissism.com. I do have a, a, a side, if you want to call it a dummy website, it's, it's cnglifecoaching.com. And I'll spell that out for you. The purpose the whole purpose of that site is to give you a safe place to go where you can sign up for individual sessions or group sessions with me without the word narcissism showing up in your search history or in your emails. That website is www.covertnarcissism.com. C-N-G, the letter C-N-G, like Covert Narcissism Group, lifecoaching.com. All of my, you know, when you pay for PayPal or credit card or any of this stuff, all of it comes through the C-N-G Life Coaching. Again, for your safety, to keep the word narcissism off of your credit card bills or any of the communication that we have. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing There is life after narcissism, and I'm here to tell you it does get better. Have a blessed rest of your day.